Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome back to the Ohio and Danny King. We, we have her back. Thanks as always for coming on. Covers uh, religion, immigration issue for Dispatch. How are you today? Good. I'm I'm happy to be on again. How are you doing, Chris? Good. Always good to have you here. Very good. It's a little warmer today, which is good. Uh, last week yeah. I was really grumpy, but less grumpy today. It's good. <laughs> well, let's talk. Um, Edith. Um, you know, this was a situation. I gotta be honest. When you first brought it up to me, I'm like. Name sounds familiar, I'm not sure, but remember, she was the lady, um, she's been in a Clintonville church for three years, um, you know, based on some former president immigration policies, but it sounds like there's a happy ending to the story. Uh, tell us what's happening there. Yeah, so on Thursday, um, Edith left Sanctuary, which is very risky because basically uh, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, ICE, could, you know, arrest and deport her at any time, which is why she lived in that church in Clintonville for three years. So she left sanctuary on Thursday to go with her lawyer to the ICE office and meet with them to see if they would let her out. And the reason it was risky was because she went to their office so they could have, you know, arrested and deported her right then and there. But instead, um, because of the new presidential administration and some changes, you know, the Biden administration has made, they said, actually, you know, you're not a priority of ours anymore. You can go home. And so on Thursday, for the first time in more than three years, Edith went to her West Side apartment with her husband. So, um, yeah, it was a really happy ending. She's been living in that church for three years, and she's one of a few dozen people, immigrants, undocumented immigrants, who went into churches when Trump became president because ICE immediately changed their, what they call enforcement priorities. And basically instead of, you know, deporting only dangerous people, uh, they decided they'll deport anyone and everyone. So people who for 20 years had been going to check in with ICE and going, you know, basically periodically to meet with them were getting deported as they checked in. And, and it was a huge change. And so people like Edith, sought sanctuary in churches because ICE has kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, policy that they won't deport people and arrest people from churches. They call it a sensitive location. So she sought sanctuary when ICE threatened to deport her in 2017, and she's been there for 40 months. And so, yeah, so, and she tried all kinds of things. You know, we've periodically caught up with her over the past three years where she's you know, tried to get other ways to stay in the country. And what she has now is not the end of her case. You know, she can go home, which is fantastic, but she's still going to be checking in with ICE and she's still not here. You know, she's not able to become a citizen. She's not living here legally. 
Right. It, it sounds like there's some encouraging news. Um, you know, President Biden, uh, I, I've heard talk, I'm not sure exactly where it's at, is maybe some more pathways of citizenship than most before, it sounds like, right? Yeah, I think they're working on that now. And something that Edith's attorney, who's also undocumented, her name's Lizbeth Mateo, she said, you know, we have more hope with this administration, but they're moving pretty slowly. So yeah. well, they'll probably have something at some point, but who knows when or what. So, but, you know, but on Thursday, um, you know, under the Biden administration, kind of moments after Edith walked out of the ICE office, finding out she was free, um, the ICE changed its priorities and said, you know, we're not deporting just anybody. So they made it kind of official that yeah. they're, that they're only targeting people who are dangerous. So that happened just like moments after Edith heard, which was kind of a crazy coincidence, but it's, it's official. Well, I would hope to, even for the sake of ice that have a more consistent policy. And again, I'm not even looking at this from one political side or the other, but you would think it would make sense for ice instead of like, we're in such a crazy political like split right now, where if one side's a president, then we're deporting everybody. And then if the other side's completely different, it'd be nice to have some type of an even policy where ICE knows what they're doing, Edith knows what's going on, and it's a little bit more defined for everybody. Because I think that was the issue in the past four years is nobody knew. And it was such a change that it made it tough, not just for immigrants, but for people who were trying to enforce it. They probably didn't know what was going on either, it sounds like. Yeah. And it was kind of weird because, you know, for years and years, it's been one way and no president yeah. has really like dramatically changed it until Trump. And then he did all of a sudden. So um, I think it probably, you know, was difficult for the people doing these, you know, arrests and things as well. And, you know, the attorney, Edith's attorney has been, you know, every time they talk about her case, it's, you know, we make the same arguments. She's a mother of three. She's not dangerous. You know, yeah. yes, she did enter the country illegally 20 years ago, but, you know, she's not somebody that is smuggling drugs over or, you know, doing these other things that are considered kind of threatening to public safety. And right. so I think that's been an argument for a long time, but you know, it, it kind of makes more sense to, you know, right. deport the people who might hurt someone right, um, right. if you're going to focus somewhere. <laughs> well, especially to, like, you know, with resources and everything. I mean, you're spending more money. And, and I don't think anybody in the right mind saying, yeah, hey, everyone could come over if you're dangerous or not. And, you know, there seems to be, there's got to be need for more, what do you call it? Things that make sense, you know. In the past couple of years, okay. it has. Yeah, logic. There you go. <laughs> I don't have the logic to come up with logic. That's what was my problem there. But yeah, mm -hmm. you just gotta have a more logical approach to it because it, it costs more resources. You know, to have people like Edith having to check in every time, and you know, you don't want to make a raid on the Edith house if she's not doing anything wrong. And it'd be good to say, I think in general, how do you make more better? Pass the citizenship that makes sense. And, you know, it could be a bipartisan agreement and just say, hey, let's make it a little bit easier on us so we don't have to worry about everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's what they'll be doing, honestly. Um, you know, Biden tried to make a 100 day moratorium on any deportations, and a Texas court kind of struck that down and halted that. Um, because at first, you know, more people than just Edith were coming out of sanctuary, you know, and without consulting with ICE, they were like, well, there's a 100 day you know, halt on deportations, maybe we can leave. 
and go home for a hundred days. And um, once a Texas judge kind of halted that for two weeks, um, people got a lot more scared. And so only three of the 36 people in, in sanctuary nationwide have left, um, not including Edith. So, and there's another woman locally who's in sanctuary still. So, yeah. So we still have one in Columbus. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think Columbus feels better? Like people you talk to, there's obviously Columbus known for it, large immigrant population, you know, obviously, President Biden has been a little bit more open to immigrants than, you know, former President Trump has. But do you think the immigrant population in Columbus overall feels better? I mean, they they obviously got to be a little bit more optimistic with Biden being the president now. But do you think they're still feeling good about the changes are about to come? I mean, you've talked about with Edith. Do you think there's an overall good perception about the way things are going? Yeah, I think it's kind of cautious optimism at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, people are hopeful, but they're still I think a lot of people are still nervous because of what happened under Trump. And so I think people are kind of like I said cautiously optimistic. A lot of, you know, city council members have long supported immigration and immigrants. Um, you know, Emmanuel Remy was there with Edith when she went into the ICE office. Um, and Elizabeth Brown has long been kind of supportive of Edith's case. And so I think that um, I think they're probably happy that that this is a president that agrees more with what they they think, you know, and yeah. maybe they can, you know, more progress can be made now that the federal administration um, kind of agrees with their viewpoints on immigration. Very good. You were talking to me about you've got another story upcoming that you're working on. Uh, is there something you can say about that? Um, I, I I saw you know about it. And I was kind of intrigued. Yeah. Which one were you talking about? Um, I think it was your latest one. I'm sorry. I'm trying to pull up okay. your email. Um, oh, you were talking about uh, a Pew study. Uh, yeah. It wasn't, I, I didn't make the study. My name's P-U-G-H. It's a <laughs> P-E-W. Um, the big study you were working to localize. Uh, I was intrigued by that. What's going on there? Yeah. So there's this huge comprehensive study, really the first of its kind of religious people um, who are black. And so it, oh, okay. in, it includes immigrants and, you know, refugees and also just black Americans. And so it's this huge religious study from Pew. And it's really interesting because it showed several different things. First of all, um, you know, black people are more religious than people of other races, mm, which I found kind of interesting. And I think part of that is because social activism um, and, you know, efforts against racism really, you know, they started in the church and and the church is often a big kind of sponsor of those activities. So the way I'm focusing it locally is that um, there's a lot of younger generations who aren't as connected to the church as their parents were and their grandparents, which we see across all races. But the interesting thing about, you know, black people and and religion when it comes to this is that, you know, millennials and Generation Z are upset with the church because, you know, while the church recognizes racism, they often are not accepting of LGBT people. You know, they're not accepting of, you know, they're kind of some practices may be sexist, you know, there's not as many female leaders. And, um, and, you know, when they do make when they do speak out against racism, uh, it sounds like from the survey that a lot of young people think um, 
think that they do a lot of praying and not a lot of action. And so yeah. they want more, they want more action. So there's some discontent um, among young people with the black church. Um, and so I'm kind of exploring that locally and seeing, okay. you know, are, are leaders doing anything about that? You know, are they trying to keep young members, you know, are they trying to be more, you know, more accepting? And so um, I'm kind of excited about that. I think it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting just in general of churches. I mean, churches are very black or very white. There's very right. few churches that are integrated at all. And I, I'm not sure if it's the church's fault. Maybe it's just who we are as a society. And yeah, very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing that and sharing that with people. I think there's a lot of uh, good stuff that can be found in that study. So looking forward yeah. to it. Remind us, where, where can we connect with you on Twitter if we're not already? Yeah. I'm just at Danae King, so it's my okay. name. Yeah, <laughs> Just all one word. Okay, yes. very good. Well, yeah, definitely check it out. If you haven't already connected with her, a lot of good information about her stories that she's written in the past and upcoming, and a lot of good shout-outs to her colleagues at the Dispatch as well. Well, Danae, as always, thank you so much. Hang out for a second afterwards, and have a great day. Thanks for checking out okay. the Ohio